talk to you about is you need to you need to get on some sort of a schedule with it. Why can't I just be random like we're being random right now? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying like. Oh, by the way, welcome to episode three, the morning after. Jesus, don't call it that. <laughs> the walk of shame. No, no, that implies that you fucked me. <laughs> uh, no, but you need to get. On can some... we can we talk about that? No, we can't because it didn't happen. You don't know that. You said you stopped remembering things past. Don't don't. Okay, 10, we're gonna. <laughs> I remember talking to my girlfriends and then nothing. Um, this is accurate. This is accurate. Um, but no, like you need to get on. You need to decide. Hey, do I want to do this every day, or like, do I want to release a new episode every day, or do you do this bi-weekly? Do you do this weekly? I think this is off the cuff because you're here and you live an hour and 20 minutes away. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously this is off the cuff, but, like, once you start to establish, like, more of your, your form, and, like, this is something that happens, uh, hi everyone, I'm Steve. Um. Again. Yes, again. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Uh, but this is something that happens to a lot of people in film school, and I went to film school, I'm not sure if I mentioned that in the last episode because I was drinking. You did. <laughs> you did. We talked about it. Oh, right. Well, like, it happens to... You said I was apprehensive about bringing up movies around you. Well, yeah, I mean, most people are either very apprehensive about bringing up movies around me, mm-hmm. or they're, like, so gone hell. And I probably mentioned that the number one question that I get asked is, uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Which is a ridiculous question. If you ever meet somebody from film school, don't ask them that question. Or, actually, no, you should ask them that question. If they come back with an answer other than, well, I don't really have one. I have movies that I like, but I don't have any favorite, favorite movie. What was it? You remember one of my favorite games that we... One of my favorite games that you and I used to play at our... I'm going to tell you about the time! Other than that one, remember? I love that game. That's a good game. The game... By the way, before we... We're not going to get too in-depth to I ever tell you about the time. Because that could potentially be another podcast. However, that's a good one. But, yeah, however, no, that is the game. Did I ever tell you about the time led into us describing movies in the first person without giving away the movie, and the other person that you were talking to about it had to guess what movie you were describing? There was one time, yeah, and, like, I think that's such a great... And it was a fucking great game. And I think that game is a great mental exercise for a lot of film school students. Yeah. Uh, in particular, if you're in script writing. Like, if you're going to write stuff. And, I mean, I, I do a lot of reviews and things like that. Um, but, like, if you start looking at something through the lens of, okay, how would my character actually describe their situation? You get a much deeper appreciation for your character. But the thing about playing with Steve, though... <laughs> Is I would get maybe a sentence in if it was really good and I was describing a movie that he hadn't seen, then I had a chance. But by law of averages, he would just eliminate other possibilities and eventually I would lose. But he would describe movies that I had never even freaking heard of. Playing with Steve is difficult because I think one time I did Jurassic Park and it lasted about five seconds. That was it. That was it. <laughs> I remember there was one in particular around. I ever tell you about the time I opened up an amusement park? Jurassic Park. 
Could have been Final Destination. Could have been a lot of different possibilities. Nope, they're asking questions. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. When you watch a lot of movies, yep, this medicine ball is going to be my toe. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to play with. It's good exercise, too. I put it in between my legs. What the fuck was that? People above. Um, the people above. The, the people above. That's the so people above us. This isn't Snowpiercer, where it's like the people in the next car. Um, that's a great movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, I think that's um. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy who Bong, plays Bong Joon Ho. Uh, no, that's not his name. Uh, the the guy that that made Parasite. I think he also made Snowpiercer, or had some hand in Snowpiercer. Who's the Who's the main character? The What is it? The What's Which one's bad and which one's good? The protagonist is good, right? The antagonist is bad. Protagonist, is, not necessarily. Pro All the the protagonist is who the audience is supposed to root for. Now your protagonist doesn't have to be a good person. Like let's let's use Mel Gibson and Payback as an example. Yeah, but he's the protagonist. That he's the protagonist, and the antagonist is like Lucy Liu and the cops. Um, and oh, I can never remember. He looks like um, he looks like Dolph Lundgren, but he's not. Um, who's the antagonist in that movie? But yeah, the protagonist is the person who the audience follows and is supposed to root for and everything. And the antagonist is doesn't even have to be a person. The antagonist. Here's here's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I honestly just started thinking about it. In Fight Club, great book by the way i encourage everybody to read the book if you haven't read the book because polonic is a fucking genius i don't care for his writing i like him a lot i like his movies i like the movies that are adapted from his works but his i i've, I've tried great. to get through his writing and it's 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 up there with um oh who's the uh fear and loathing guy you know i've never we were we were eight miles off of barstool i never really got into that movie hunter s thompson hunter s thompson you don't like hunter s thompson I like him, but I don't care for his writing. Like, wow. that, there's certain writing styles that I just can't really... Like, that gonzo journalism thing. Yeah. Like, I really loved The Rum Diaries. I thought The Rum Diaries was a really fun movie. And I think Johnny Depp is one of the best people that you could have gotten to portray Hunter S. Thompson. Love Johnny Depp. But... Where's all the rum gone? I just care That's not what he says. He says, why is the rum gone? I like where. <laughs> well, that's, that's not that big of a fucking... They're on an <laughs> island. They're not even on an island. There's He's... not many opportunities for the rum to disappear. That's why he doesn't say, where has the rum gone? Like, he's about to do the fucking booziest scavenger hunt of all time. Hello, Poppy. <laughs> that isn't even Johnny Depp's character. <laughs> I know it's not. That's, that's uh, that's, that's, uh, Mackenzie, uh... That's the pirate. That's the guy whose eyeball keeps popping out. No, 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 no. That, no. That's his butt. No, the guy that the guy that eyeball. He's a tall one. Mackenzie, uh, I forget his last name, but he's a, he's a great British actor. He's the one that has his eyeball keep popping out, and his other buddy. They're essentially Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of that entire universe. Right. Which that's a great movie. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Never heard of it. You've never heard of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? No. But what I was going to ask. Check it out. I was going to pick your brain. Hilarious. I was going to pick your brain about this. In Fight Club, who would be the antagonist and who would be the protagonist? Uh, society is the antagonist. Ah, that's what they're. That's what they want you to think. You're pulling for society in this movie because I am like not. No, 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 no. That's the antagonist. Society, oh, society is the antagonist. That's oh, the, no, yeah. that, no, but that's that's the point that they're trying. So to both get characters are the protagonists. Well, 
Well, essentially, they're the same character. Yeah, spoiler alert. The movie hasn't been Everybody's out. fucking seen that movie. The movie hasn't been out for 21 years or I want you to like punch that. me as hard as you can. <laughs> ah, you hit me in the fucking ear. That actually happens. That's Where you not, hit him? That's not improv. That's, or that's, that's not scripted. That is improv. That's his real reaction? Yes, because Ed Norton genuinely shit. hits him in the ear. He threw that punch like a little bitch, too. It was so fucking funny. But, he, uh, he hit him with the side of his fist. He hit him like this. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <in the laughs> fucking, no, it was great. No, Bam! Was perfect! <laughs> and, yeah, so, like... We don't I don't care, wanna, we I don't care about get, your fucking khakis. I don't want to get too white guy from film school about it. So I don't want to talk about Fight Club all that much because what's no, been said about sense. Fight Club is always going to be said. Or it's already been said. Or, um, or you don't talk about it. Tyler Durden really is... You get that? <laughs> you don't talk about it. Tyler so, Durden really... Let is. us keep the club, Lou! <laughs> Let us keep the club! <laughs> the you don't know where I've been, Lou! You don't know where I've been! <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, I I know what you fucking get it now. <laughs> I know what scene you're talking about. Now. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Ah, oh, shit, I lost it. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, who the fuck are you? The name on the sign says Lou's fucking tavern. I'm fucking Lou. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Hi, Lou. Hi, Lou. <laughs> what a great scene. Um. But yeah, no, like, Fight Club, I mean, obviously, the antagonist really is Tyler Durden. Uh, because that movie, uh, I think a lot of people miss... Eventually. No, always. What that movie really is about, yeah, okay, there's there's the overt, like, oh, we're against society. Well, and, before you discover that Tyler Durden is, like, deadly Tyler Durden, you really, I feel like you really grow to like him. And like I'm That's a, the mark of a good antagonist. And, You're and, supposed to if you can write an antagonist that the audience starts to like and root for, that makes your movie that much more compelling. Throughout the majority of the movie, I'm like, will Ed Norton stop being such a little fucking bitch and like get on board with this thing? Well that's the point. That's that's the whole point of that movie. The, the point of that movie is not like anarchy and blah 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 like oh we trashed a thing of corporate art okay meatloaf his name was robert paulson no his name is meatloaf um <laughs> yes he, he has big titties in that movie yeah he'd do anything for love <laughs> apparently he'd also get shot in the back of the head for it um bang, that, bang. that movie is not about like oh ap- anti-capitalism and all that other stuff that movie is really about the and they talk about it um the whole idea of we are a generation that was that we don't know who we are and we're the middle children of history we don't have a great war we don't have this we don't have that the movie really isn't about like oh stick it to the man it's about finding out who you are in the world that you're in right and it just happens to be done in a very violent way for this one for ed norton's character the the narrator i love conversations that they have while he's taking a bath I'd fight Gandhi. Who'd you fight? Abe Lincoln. Now, one of my favorite parts, and I'm not sure if this was scripted or not, I don't think it was scripted, is when um, Tyler is doing, uh, he's riding, he's doing laps in the house with the tricycle. And uh, uh, Edward Norton's character is going through all these books. I am am Jack's liver. I am Jack's colon. Right. I am Jack's, was it, umumamungada? 
Medulla oblongata. Medulla oblongata. I am Jack's medulla. And Tyler Durge is like, I get cancer. I kill Jack. And he wrecks the bike. I don't think that was done on purpose. I think he actually crashed that bike. It was probably on purpose, but it was probably a choice. It wasn't, I guarantee you that wasn't in the scene direction. Like he could have crashed the bike or not crashed the bike? Yeah, it, it's all the actor's choice. And that's the, that's the fun thing about movies is that sometimes actors will give you things that you had no idea that you were going to do or you wanted and they give it to you and you're like, holy shit, that stays in. There is, I think, in my opinion, the most perfect example of that is in Clockwork Orange. I've seen that movie so long. Uh, so, Malcolm McDowell... That movie is fucking trippy! Yeah, it was also banned in England for a long time. I can um, see that. But Malcolm McDowell, when they do the very horrific rape scene in that movie, mm. and he starts singing, singing in the rain... <clears throat> That was not scripted. He just starts doing Malcolm McDowell as as um, Alex uh, just starts singing, singing in the rain. And Kubrick, who Kubrick and Kurosawa are the two most anal directors of all time. Where like Tarantino's getting there, where you don't deviate from the script. You do what is on the page on screen. You do it. You do it. You do it. And if you deviate, fuck you. But Kubrick loved it so much that. I, I want to say it was either the next day or within a week mm-hmm. he bought the rights the royalties to do Singing in the Rain and that's that I think is one of the best examples of improvisational what an actor can do with yes. a role that the director's like I have no I have no idea about this but I love it and yes. if Kubrick says holy fuck that was good Gold Star boom you just got fucking approval from Stanley fucking Kubrick Cooper's the fucking man, dude. I, some of his movies, I like them, but, like, The Shining, not as scary as people think it is. Never seen it. You've never seen The Shining? Nope. Never seen it. Saw Doctor Sleep. Loved it. Great movie. Oh, that's right. We were talking about that. Yeah. You read the book, right? Yes. Have you seen the movie? I have not. I feel like the movie is, is probably pretty, uh, I hope it follows the book, which I'm sure it does. Well, I mean, that's the thing about a Stephen King adaptation is that it, it it's never going to follow the book 100%, regardless if it's a Stephen King adaptation or whatever it is. But Obi-Wan Kenobi plays a great Doctor Sleep. Yeah, his name is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Obi-Wan? No. You're the chosen one! You were supposed to bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. you! <laughs> <laughs> Extra crispy Jedi. Don't try it, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my powers. That's when he says, he says, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Right. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. Ewan <laughs> McGregor, Natalie Portman, and even Hayden Christensen. Like, people love this shit. Well, actually, no. Uh, yeah, Hayden Christensen's not that good as Anakin Skywalker. Uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with the writing. <laughs> you won't take her from me. You have done that yourself! <laughs> you brought him here to kill me! <laughs> but there is only one, there is only one Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And it's Alec fucking Gibbs. He's a good Obi-Wan. No, Ewan McGregor is a great Obi-Wan. He's a great Obi-Wan. But there's really only, it's Ewan McGregor. Liam Neeson plays a good, uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah, I honestly I like the direction that Disney's going in with with the with the different Star Wars. Fuck, uh, stories. fuck what Disney is doing. 
Fuck Disney. They're Fuck coming Disney. out with an Obi-Wan movie. With this is clearly Ewan. a joke because Disney has very good lawyers. Clearly joking. <laughs> Probably have Hitman too at this point. They definitely have Hitman on their Well, table. if Oprah has Hitman, Disney definitely does. Oprah has Hitman? I wouldn't be shocked. Well, she made Dave Chappelle leave the country. No. Eat your pancakes, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh. Game. Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm pregnant, Dave. Ah, I got you, bitch! <laughs> oh. That sucks about Charlie Murphy, man. That sucks. I, I, yeah, never, had, I never had strong opinions on it. I just thought that, I mean, that, those skits were... That, that made the show fucking notorious. Well, yeah, but I mean, the Prince skit and the Rick James skit. Um, no, but Dave Chappelle is a you know, stand-up comedian. That's his passion. That's where his heart is. Uh, he was interviewed about that, and he said that he eventually grew to loathe those fucking scenes because people would go to his stand-up and, call and cackle... I'm a James, bitch. Which is fucking ridiculous. And he would, he would, he would just be like, you know what? If you're gonna keep saying this shit, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah, and and they're and not, he literally left stages because of that. And they're not doing it to like a Gallagher, where like if Gallagher walks on the stage, and for those of you that don't know who Gallagher is, Google exists. Uh, but like if Gallagher walked on the stage, he's been around for a while, and didn't start like smashing watermelons, people right. would be chanting for him. And that's appropriate. It's been around since the 70s, right? 70s, early 80s, something like that. He's that short guy with the, uh, with the, the G mullet and the sweaters. Doesn't he have, like, the long curly hair and the bald head? Yeah, he, he's got, like, a Bob Ross fro, I think. Bob Ross. Um, but, like, if, if Gallagher went out and did that and didn't do the watermelon smashing, yeah, people would be pissed and start calling for it. But if you're doing that to Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle is... Somewhat like Prince, in the sense of Prince did an interview, uh, and I forget who with, but he was just like, I don't, I don't listen to my own albums. I don't yeah. listen to the past, and I move past it. And that he's not a narcissist. No, they're all narcissists. You have to be somewhat of a narcissist to get in the show business. I feel like you have a certain, you have to have a certain degree of narcissism, but you don't have to necessarily be a narcissist. A narcissist is not a pleasant person. Well, that's true. Well, I mean, there's a whole fucking myth about that. What, about narcissism being pleasant? No, about narcissism not being pleasant, because Narcissus was so in love with his own reflection that he fucking wasted away because he was staring in a pool all while Nike was pining for him. Hey. And then Nike turned into a flower. Was, <laughs> I think it was Nike. No, 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 Nike's one of the muses, isn't she? Um, Nike's the uh, goddess of victory. No, Nike's one of the muses. No, Nike, she's, Nike, she's is not a, Nike is not a goddess. She's a muse. Look it up. No. Look it up. No, I'm not going to look it up. Look it up. My phone's recording. Fine. You look oh, it up. Fuck off. Uh, goddess of victory. I'm not sure if it's Greek mythology. That's Athena. Or Athena if it's, is or the if of it's Roman. Well, what do people call her by? Now, I'm not sure if it's Greek or if it's Roman, but it's one of the fucking two. Goddess of... Uh... Say you're sorry. Was the wind goddess, uh, winged goddess of victory? Uh, who fell in love with Narcissus? Say you're sorry. No. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> um, 
That was good. What was what the fuck? I just fucking forgot what I was going to say. I had a great point I was going to make, and then I forgot about it. Alaska. <laughs> <coughs> dolphins. Yes, I, I see the dolphins. <laughs> um, I don't believe that those are real dolphins. Oh, I was going to talk about swoosh. You know where the swoosh came from, right? Yeah, I've seen a nice tail. No, the Nike swoosh. Yeah, I've seen a nice tail. It's a maker's market. So that's how they're just getting... Which, by the way, one of the worst Irish accents. What, the one I did last night? No, no, no. The the, the girl that plays uh, that character in A Night's Tale doesn't... uh, Maker's Mark, if other people enjoy my work. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ, do you want some Lucky Charms and a Guinness? Like, how stereotypical. Um, No, it came from the Oregon State uh, track coach. Do you know about the story? So, no, it's sports. Of course I don't know about the story. I went to film school. So the Oregon uh, Oregon track coach, uh, who was prominent during the 70s, uh, recruited this now famous runner, Steve Prefontaine. Steve Prefontaine... No relation. Could Just run... Steve. He could run uh, a five-minute mile and... and Put out like ten miles doing five hundred miles. I mean, this kid was fast. That's fucking no. That 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 transcends fast. I don't give a shit. You can be fast. Yeah. I doubt Usain Bolt could maintain a five minute mile for ten miles. For ten miles, and he, he ended up going to the Olympics. He got like third or, or second or something like that. But uh, oh, so somebody was faster. Yeah. So well, they should have talked to that guy. Well, he got speak. Well, running back then was also very dirty. He was cleated early on in the race. You know what cleated means, right? Yeah, it's where you put cleats on. Well, cleating in track is where you, you there's spikes in your shoes. I know, I remember. And, and you, you, I was a hurdler. Yeah, you spike somebody in the, the Achilles or the ankle. Well, he was cleated early on. He bled the entire fucking race. His uh, right cleat was filled with blood by the end of it. But um, he still finished second. Well, you yeah, know what? Second. Them's the risks. <laughs> but the swoosh came from... So Steve Prefontaine, when he was in college, no, was, was sponsored by Adidas. And Adidas would send him all these fucking shoes. I mean, he literally, he looked like a narco uh, uh, with the amount of shoes that he had in his house. You know how, like, you know, they fill rooms with money? Well, Steve Prefontaine did it with boxes of shoes. So that would be like, um, what, what's her name? Um, Ava Perón. Who's that? The Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Didn't she have just rooms and rooms of shoes? Yeah, I think she did. Madonna played her in a fucking movie. It wasn't that bad. Like, sure. Fuck Madonna. Fucking Madonna. It's bad. <laughs> so, Steve Prefontaine hated fucking Adidas, was forced to wear them, never really liked them, didn't like how they were built, hated the shoes. Well, his track coach uh, decided he was going to try his hand at making shoes, and he developed a rubber compound on his waffle iron. And so he made the first ever Nike sole on his waffle iron. Yeah, because when I think great... You think waffles... No, I, I, nobody, if you think of something that's great, nobody immediately goes, ah, oh, we need to talk to the Belgians. Waffles. Chocolate chip waffles. There go my ego. Dude, did you hear apparently they changed the recipe for Eggos? Why? I have no idea, but apparently they're not the fucking same. I was talking to one of my friends that has kids, and she was saying like, yeah, it's fucking different. Like, they're not the original Eggos that we grew up with. Which is fucking tragic. 
It is strategy. Because Echoes, like, I've, Echoes are great. Um, I still prefer Toaster's soul. Those are good, too. So he takes his soul. Jeez. He takes this, <laughs> this, right, this new food. waffle soul. And he puts a shoe together. And he puts the swoosh on it. And he has a notorious conversation with Steve. And Steve's no, really. like, what's the deal with the... Uh, that thing on the shoe and he's like I call it the swoosh and Nike was born well you know what I mean there there are very crazy things that it, it is like beats with Dr. Dre and um, Jamie Iveen I have no idea about Jamie Iveen is a famous producer out of New York who produced Dr. Dre's The what? Chronic I know The Chronic uh, he met Dr. Dre and Snoop, so the fallout from NWA was pretty, pretty severe. What it do? What it do, baby? Uh, nobody do, wanted. Baby, uh, Dr. Dre was being sued by like three different people. Um, he developed the chronic with Snoop, and nobody, no record label wanted to touch him. So he was literally going door to door in New York City, walking the streets to the different record labels with samples of his fucking. Album. Well, that's why he's Dre. <laughs> Seriously, he's, that's like, why he's that's, Dr. Dre. That's, that's exactly why he's Dr. Dre. And then he finally went to Interscope, which Jimmy Iovine had just started with two other partners. And uh, they're like, Jimmy, this guy wants to show you something we think it has potential. So Jimmy sits down and listens to it. And the thing that, thing, the thing that made Jimmy a genius at the time, or not necessarily a genius, just a very tolerant human is nothing was outside the realm of possibility when it came to producing records like possibility possibility so he listens to it and he asks Dre he's like did you who produced this and Dre's like I did and he's like well who did all this for the album he's like I did he's like you did this entire fucking thing by yourself with this guy and Dre's like, yeah, we, we did it on our own. And he's like, holy fuck shit, man. There could not be a greater juxtaposition than listening to Jack Johnson while you talk about the making of The Chronic. Well, we were supposed to talk about something that happened on a beach, but we got away from it. Whatever. Jack Johnson's still pretty chill. <laughs> no, let's put on some Drake, man. You're gonna. I'm putting on some fucking Drake. So, eons later. I listen. We uh, we come to recently, probably about five years ago, five, six years ago, a little bit of time before that, Dr. Trey now has a beach uh, beach house in the Hamptons. Jimmy Iovine has his beach house about two houses down from Dre because they're best friends at this point. They're lifelong friends now. Um, Jimmy Iovine is out on the beach walking his dog, and Dre's big thing, Dre's actually a very avid drinker. I don't know if you knew this. He loves gin. gin. Oh, I didn't know that. Gin and tonics are like his fucking shit. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Sipping all gin and juice. Lay yeah. back. I'm on the money, my money, my Which, I never liked that lyric, but... Well, it was like the 90s, man. <clears throat> Jimmy Iveen. Jimmy's out watching, walking his dog, and he uh, sees Dre out on his deck having a gin and tonic, and he looks at, uh... Looks at Dre... <laughs> he looks at Dre and he's like, hey man, I got a fucking idea. Can I come up? And Dre's like, yeah, Nick, come on up. Right? So Jimmy goes up to his house. He sits down. And he's like, I want to create a headphone. But I want people who buy the headphones to be able to hear what you hear. 
Pastre is he's, he's gifted when it comes to sound. He can develop sound that nobody else can develop because he has an ear for it. Sound, sound people are some of the most, like, I was always in awe of sound people. In yeah, right. So Dre is, is, is genius when it comes to sound, and Jimmy knows that. Jimmy's like, I want I want people to be able to hear what you hear when they listen to music. Um, and they're going through the motions, they're, they're fucking throwing ideas back and forth, and hours later, this is like an all-night conversation, they're like, well, what are we going to call it? And Jay's like, well, fuck, man, just call it Beats. And then Beats was born. And then they consulted with all the major headphone guys in the industry. Guys who work for Sony, Samsung, all the major headphone people. Sennheiser. Yeah, all the major other sound headphone guys across the world. And they come up with Beats. And uh, instead of just dropping it, uh, they started this guerrilla marketing campaign underground where they would literally go to concerts and live shows and they would just give these headphones away to artists. People who also know sound. And these artists would use these headphones and then all of a sudden, uh, just purely by user-generated content, people would see pictures of these famous people wearing the headphones, which weren't on the market yet. Nobody could buy them. Well, it, it, which created this huge desire for them. You create a false scarcity. And people are like, where are these headphones? Then we can find these headphones. Who are these headphones? Who are these people? Where are these headphones coming from? And then Dre drops them. Boom. And less than five years later, they sell to Apple for $6 billion. That seems like a lot of money. Apple bought these headphones. I doubt that. I doubt six bill. Look it up. Dude, it's up. It's up. There. It's between. It's between three. It's between three and six billion dollars. How much did Beats? It was a billion dollars. So, over a billion. Three billion. Three billion. Yeah. Holy shit! Three. Goddamn. What year did the the deal go down? This is sick. Uh. 2014. Jesus Christ, $3 billion. I love stories like that. And it's all stemmed from Dre being on his deck at the right time and Jimmy being on the beach at the right time. Well, no, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's, there's, it's the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. Um, but I mean, that's kind of similar to how uh, United Artists started. Um, what do they say about the butterfly effect? How does it, how's it come about? Butterfly flaps its wings and uh, a tsunami happens or something. If a butterfly flaps its wings in Madagascar, <laughs> there will be a tsunami. Uh, it can create a wave somewhere in the world. Um, that type of shit. Um, I didn't do that part, right? Um... <laughs> um but no, I mean, like, yeah, life life is full of those types of moments. Um, like, just chance encounters, chance being in the right place, right time, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, that's the whole premise of the Die Hard movies. Yeah. Um, which I won't get into the debate, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Um, yes. <laughs> um, but, like... See it every Christmas. Well, yeah. I mean, anyway. 
even though Bruce Willis says Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, Bruce Willis is wrong. What is this Sayonara motherfucker? Is that what he says? No, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Where's Sayonara motherfucker come from? I don't know, Japan? <laughs> it's like an Indiana Jones movie or something. Mm. No. No, because no. he never Indiana says Jones never once says Sayonara. Or a motherfucker. Penitent yeah. man, penitent man, penitent man, penitent man, penitent man, penitent man, penitent man, humble before God, kneels before God, <gasps> kneel! Only a penitent man shall pass. Only, a, only the penitent man may pass. That's that's the most underrated Indiana Jones movie. Is Indiana Jones last? It's my favorite one. Um, no, it, it's so much fun. It's such a great movie. From start to finish, it, it grabs you. It, it is... I mean, obviously, the, the greatest one is Raiders. It's... Uh, no, Raiders, Raiders is the It's the, the most in, famous one. No, it's also the most Because of the scene where movie. he steals, steals no, the fucking it's, thing. It's and, the most perfectly made movie. And he replaces it with back sand. Yeah, the boulder scene. The opening boulder scene. You yeah. know what I think of when I hear back sand? Alfred Molina? 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> and her boobs they were like well describe 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 like, uh, like a bag wait wait you a virgin are you a virgin <laughs> she just wanted sex all the time oh yeah loads of loads of dirty talk me me so horny me love long time which there's a whole generation that you heard there's a whole generation that doesn't realize where that quote is actually from Cooper film Yes, Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> oh, you so funny. You love you long, long time. time. Sucky, sucky. Fight dollar. Then they get robbed for their camera. I love that part. The guy jumps off the bike and he's like, Fight dollar, dollar, dollar. And he gave the fucking... Nah. Yeah, well, it was numb. Shit was different. Yeah, that movie took... That movie got dark. Well, that's, that's the thing about Kubrick is that... Almost every Kubrick film you see, there's there's a very clear first act and there's yeah. a very clear second act, and they're normally very different. Well, it dabbled in darkness with uh, the fucking uh, uh, pile with the pile scene. Oh, Gomer pile. When he's in the head. Full Metal Jacket. Sir, it is the private's duty to. Private Joker. Why the fuck? Why are these men out of their bunks? Dude, Arlie Hammer such a great fucking actor. And like he was an actual drill sergeant. Like they fired yeah. the guy they no, he originally was, he hired was, to play was, that character. He was active duty Marines when he did that. I don't think he was active duty. He was active duty. Oh. Well I I know he was hired as the uh, as the consultant for it and then Kubrick just loved him so much. Do you suck dicks? Bullshit! Bet you can suck golf ball through a garden hose. What the fuck is this, Private Pile? It's a jelly donut, sir. Jelly donut? <laughs> They're paying for it. You, you eat, eat it. Get the fuck off my obstacle. <laughs> Come on, Private Pile. Come on. Yeah, no, it's... But yeah, shit like that is... I've never been to Compton. Yeah, I love so long yet. Makes a lot of sense, though, as I look at my hand. Knows how to party. 
Deuce and Guts. What were we talking about? What we were oh, talking about. Oh, what we initially were talking about is you need to figure out if you're doing this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. When can when can your audience expect a, a hot new Jason Jason podcast drop? Well, after this one, who knows? Not a good marketing strategy. <laughs> I'm keeping them suspended. No, you can't do that. Look at look at all of these people who are are ridiculously successful. Like at podcast. No, quote unquote. In, oh, I love Lana Del Rey. She's fantastic. Um, Very talented. What's it called? Florida Kilos is hands down probably my favorite songwriters. Mine's uh, Pepsi Cola. Oh, my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. That one off to the races. Off to the races is really good. Mm. Off to the races, races, everybody faces. She's such a fucking gangster. What was the, uh, what was the song where she sings about her boyfriend, Born and Die? Uh, Blue Jeans. All of them. Blue Die Jeans. Mountain Dew, baby, New York City. See, Lana Del Rey, I think, is also, um, she, what we were talking about earlier before you, you started recording is, you're going to get sued if this takes off. <laughs> Make my eyes burn. This song's the shit. Yeah, but, okay, James Dean. Everybody loves going on and on about James Dean. Like, oh, he was such a, like, he's an iconic thing. And, like, I agree with that. It's because of how he died, wrecking his Porsche. No, I think it's because he was so young and so He only ever made three films. He made East of Eden, uh, Rebel Without a Cause, and Giant. And he only did three films, and th- that's the thing, like... Who did Cool Hand Luke? Paul fucking Newman! <laughs> Paul Newman, and this guy kind of circles me to what I was about to what say. What we have here. That's not Paul Newman's character. I know it's not. What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> um, but, like, this kind of does get me back to what we were talking about earlier with um, Mila Kunis and people like that. I think Lana is also one of those people who is... Will will consummately doesn't matter how how aged somebody begins to appear mm. will be a classic beauty. Julia Roberts, probably. Yeah. Um. Again, I think uh, I think Helen Mirren is a much better example uh, for the modern day. Yeah. But like people like Grace Kelly, but when it comes to men, Paul fucking Newman. Paul Newman. Fuck Robert Redford. Fuck where like he's I, still alive, right? Robert Redford? No, I know Robert Redford's the last. No, Paul Newman's dead. When did he die? Uh, not too long ago. He died sometime in the early 2000s. Really? I think so. Um, but yeah, no, Paul Newman's dead. Um, but like Paul Newman will also be one of those like classic, handsome Hollywood actors, right up there with Cary Grant. Um, and like our our buddy Jeff, he and I have had this conversation this argument many many times where we think okay what do you think when you think classic Hollywood beauty regardless of if it's men or women for me Paul Newman will always be the consummate Hollywood handsome leading man 
Grace Kelly will always be the 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 icon of beautiful Hollywood gorgeous women. Let's uh Jeff says Elizabeth Taylor. I disagree with Jeff. Speaking of Jeff, let's do a small cast of characters, by the way. Oh, we're setting up Okay, yeah, because the anchor characters of the Arch Bar. It's not the arch bar. It's the arch bar. As I, as I wear my company shirt. You explain this best. And go, Steve. <laughs> explain you and Jeff's role. How I came to be... Involved? Yeah. Um, you, know, you, were, you waited on me for the first time, right? What did I drink? I drank at Alma Gang. You drank Alma Gang. You, you would have two pints of Alma Gang. Before I graduated to the hard shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Strong Islands. No, you didn't drink Long Islands. You ended with Papa's assholes, well, which is a drink of your own creation. I didn't start drinking Long Islands until at least year two. Yeah, no, it was a long time because you used to do the same thing that Jeff and I did with um, Beer shot and beer, yeah. uh, boilermakers. Um, but yeah, okay, fine. I'll explain for your audience. Um, so. When Jason is talking about um, his time at the bar, he's talking about a bar that a guy and I, so Jeff and myself, uh, we were the bartenders at this bar. And we weren't the first bartenders. Uh, The first bartenders were a guy named Jeremy and Chris. Nobody cares about them. Yeah, because they fucking stole a shit ton of money from me. Dude, I worked a 16-hour shift on Christmas by myself for the first seven hours. Mm-hmm. I walked with 200 that day. That was it. That was fucking it. 16-hour day on Christmas in a movie theater. I walked with 200. No, 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 no. I should have been walking with 200 after my first seven hours, and then everything else was split. Anyway, that's not the point. Fuck those guys. Um, but yeah, no, it was... You started coming in because your restaurant was right across the way right and we were at the bar and Jeff and I were working the bar and it's funny we, we should probably get Jeff on this at some point too because I would love to tell the story about how Jeff and I first met um but Jeff and I were the bartenders and there was another guy Rob and Rob uh, there was only I love Rob he was terrified of me <laughs> But it was just Jeff, Rob, and I, and Jeff and I were working at the time, and then you started coming in to the bar and drinking Noma Gang, and then we just started naturally having conversations and getting to know each other. And Yeah, because we were both in business. Yeah, but then I remember very specifically, there was one time... Specifically. No, specifically. Specifically? That's an ocean. Um, <laughs> but... You, very got so, you got so mad at me about that last night? Yes, I did. Pacifically! That's not how you pronounce it! Learn how English works! Um, but I remember very specifically, yeah. uh, there was one time you had gotten off late, I think you had done a double, yeah. and we were closing up the theater very early that day. Like I think the final movie was at like 10.15 or something. Um, and for those of you that don't know the movie theater industry, uh, doors normally lock 15 minutes after the start of the final film. Um... But, anyway, you had, you were like, oh shit, and I think you had had a real shit day on the bar, so you didn't have much cash on you. 
and I offered to give you a ride home, and that's when we became friends. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there was you, myself, Jeff, and then Oliver the, eventually. Oliver became the fourth one, but then everybody else just started following you guys because yeah, because originally it would be you two bartending, Oliver on one side of the bar, like all the way on the other side of the bar, and me on the other. Oh yeah, that's right. You and Oliver used to sit on opposite sides of the yeah. bar for the longest fucking time. Yeah, because we're alpha dogs and we didn't talk to each other. And we're just like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> it took months. It took months for Oliver and I. I would say it probably took Justin Meredith. What? So if we're gonna Justin? do a, if we're gonna do a cast of characters of who what, we're talking about, if to we, who? Yeah. No, Oliver and I were. Already... No, I know you guys probably were introduced all long before Justin and Meredith started coming around. No, we already started talking before that. Yeah. But Justin and Meredith were really—they kind of facilitated a lot of the friendships. No, they didn't. I think they did. Not really. You well, you know them. They're—they're they're the types of people that just constantly—they want everybody to become friends and like, oh hey, I think this person is cool. You should meet this person. Da 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 da. We facilitated. Yeah, but I think Justin Meredith did. Of course they did. They always did. There was a lot of contributions. <laughs> but yeah, no, the primary cast of characters are you, Jeff, myself, Justin, Meredith, and then there was just a, a constant rolling cavalcade of other individuals that would come and flit in and out. But for like a solid four or five years, it was just the six of us. As like the core group, as the, as the main anchor. But there is there is that bar would be fucking jammed with industry people. Yeah, no, we we became the industry spot. We we took over that bar. That's why I was telling. Dude, we started having people from fucking cheesecake come. <laughs> I was telling my cousin that uh, I started to feel bad for people that were there just to watch movies. Fuck them, fuck them. <laughs> if you're okay. we we were a rowdy bunch. <laughs> yeah, but you were never bad. You were never as bad as Mark. Okay, Mark. I won't say his last name because he's very well respected in the industry. Still, he's big. He's a big deal. Yeah, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Um, but Mark 1.0, like like Michelin restaurant, big deal. That's why we're. He's probably gonna be a guest at some point. Maybe it's gonna take a lot of finagling. No, we'll just Mark 1.0. Mark 1.0. Are you talking about Mark 1.0 or 2.0? I'm talking about. I'm talking about Mark 1.0. Who got fired? Yes. Fuck that guy. And bringing in his creepy-ass American Girl doll and then snorting a line of coke off the bar. He brought in... That's that's a good story. He brought in... You know the story better than I do. Because I was in the back. I was doing prep It was work. Pete Rose's fucking daughter. Yes. Who is Pete Rose? Famous baseball player. So Pete Rose... You keep mentioning athletes okay. that aren't Ray Lewis... Justin Tucker, Al Ripken, <laughs> Raphael Palmero, BJ Serhoff. These are Baltimore people. I'm from Baltimore! <laughs> Pete Rose, if you must know, Steve. I know Ken Griffey Jr. Pete Rose got busted for uh, gambling. So he, uh, you've heard of the uh, the Black Sox, right? I, the I Black know Sox the Black Sox, yes. Uh, P. Rose essentially tried to do, run the same scam throughout That's the regular me. season. That's so stupid. But he was a, he was one of the best baseball players at the time. Anyway, uh, he repented, ended up playing baseball until he was done. 
the big controversy with Pete Rose is he had the stats to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame, but they refused to induct him because of the scandal. To this day, what? to this day, well, now there's a huge movement for him to be inducted because it was so long ago. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, like again, I'm not much of a sports guy, but if you if you are trying to rig the game, I don't care how good you are. I don't care. You do not get if you're trying to pervert the game for your own personal gain. You don't get to then go into the fucking pantheon of legends. Pete Rose had three dollars, three daughters, three dollars, three daughters, two of which were pretty attractive. The one that was brought to the bar that night was the donkey of the group. But she was still a lot of fun. And she was very wealthy. So she had an entire postal envelope filled with cocaine. I don't know why. They were coming back from a party and she didn't have another apparatus to put this fucking coke in. So they just put it in the goddamn envelope. Brought to the bar. They're drinking at the bar. <laughs> and then they just start putting lines out. On the bar. <laughs> yeah, I... And start taking these lines to the face on the bar. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. What did he get fired for? Did he get fired or did he quit? He got fired, dude. Yeah, he got he got eighty six. It was yeah. shortly after that. It's not it wasn't for that, but it was shortly after I, that. I think he probably wasn't clearing like quarter projections or something. Mark 1.0 was the at the time the, he was the original He was the GM. General manager of the Italian place that was below my restaurant. So the movie theater and these two restaurants, they they were the movie theater has the biggest space in the mall. And the two I restaurants hope so it's a fucking movie theater. The you kind of need a lot of space. The two restaurants next to it occupied the second and the third largest space in the mall. They were the biggest restaurants. No, Cheesecake. We were bigger than Cheesecake. Not Naples. Not... Naples was. By space. They were bigger. We, we just basically said where we were. No, we didn't. You said Cheesecake. There's fucking Cheesecake in every Yeah, mall. but if you, if you mention the, uh, the Italian place by name... Yeah, well, they're close. You can't even find them. Yeah, but you'd be able to figure it out. Anyway, it doesn't They're not going to do that much investigative work. And everybody that's listening to this now already knows who we are. <laughs> well, they all know who you are, not necessarily me. Anyway. My cousin doesn't know who you are. She texted me saying that you have a lot of energy because she was listening to last night's podcast. Oh, yeah, that's because I was doing cocaine on the bar with Mark. <laughs> Love you. Have, Love you, cousin. I have never done cocaine in my life. It's the one drug I know I cannot do. But yeah, we would get off work and we would all go to this bar afterwards. We'd blow off steam, and uh, typically, uh, typically we would end it there. But other times we would leave and go other places. Dude, we never went to a second location that often. No, it was it was very that was rare. Real rare. It was rare. Because we didn't really need to. That was like a tour. Well, yeah, because we all drank for free. That and we didn't leave. Sometimes until 3 a.m. Even though doors shut at 12:30. Well, yeah, because well, a lot of that had to do with <laughs> when I got promoted. I didn't give a shit so long as you guys weren't drinking past two. There was also the parking garage. Yep. Yeah, we did that. We did mm. that a lot. Mm-hmm. That was with Larry. Well, Fuckers. Larry started joining us. Fucking Larry. Would you say he was an anchor? He was an anchor. I'd say Larry got to be. Eventually. Ben eventually. I don't have a problem with that. 
Not that I have a problem with Ben either. But Ben's not a bartender. Ben's not industry. Really. Yeah, it was Larry. It was always fucking funny shit to watch him bartend. He used to frustrate the fucking shit out of me. He did. He fucking drive me nuts. I love that guy. Dude, there was... But he would drive me insane. You know what we should do? We should do another episode just talking about bad bartenders. There's not enough time on earth for that. But yeah, we should. Because there were some shitty bartenders that worked there. Jeanette, the best that bar could get. Maria. Five glasses. A shift. Bert. That guy was just so fucking ridiculous. I almost fought that fucking guy. You should have. You would have won. Dude, a steely gaze would have knocked his ass over. But remember he came in and he bullshitted about how much knowledge he had and he was immediately promoted to quote-unquote lead bartender. Okay, let's let's shut the fuck up because uh, that was my fault. Because <laughs> uh, he was the only person that came from an industry. He lied. You didn't, you're not supposed to know whether or not you, you lie. The proof is in the pudding. Well, we discovered the pudding was terrible. I, I needed somebody I know, to you help needed me about administratively. I needed it. It's not your fault that he sucked. No, don't goodwill hunting me. Yes, it was my fault. It's not your fault. It, it, it was my fault. It's not your fault. Don't do this to me, Sean. It's not, not you, fault. Sean. It's not your fault. Not you. Fuck you, Sean. Not you. <laughs> Does it say he has a fear of abandonment and all this other shit? Yeah. <laughs> Is that why I broke up with Skyla? I didn't know you did that. Yeah. No. <laughs> You were at the bar when I finally decided to call Bert out. And he was talking about the delivery that he had. And just to pick his brain, I was like, oh yeah, what'd you get in? And he's like, oh, I got kegs of this, kegs of that, kegs of this. And I'm sitting there looking at him. For those who are in the industry, they know the different size of kegs. Um, especially bartenders. There's pony kegs. There's half kegs. Half kegs are what people deem kegs. Real kegs... Real kegs are huge. ...are ginormous. Real kegs are the size of wine barrels. They're fucking When people are saying, like, oh, hey, I got a keg. No, you got a half keg. You mean half keg by measurement. When we order... And 30 kegs, by the way, are one-sixth kegs. Right. They're the the small cylindrical ones, the ones that look like... And not not the not the Not the personal kegs that you can buy in your liquor store of, like, high Yeah, not those little guys. Those are just... That's only like 30 beers. Like, I mean, that's... It's actually really good marketing. Yeah, it Whoever is. came up with that was, was super smart. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you got kegs and stuff in it. I was like, what'd you get, uh, full kegs? He's like, oh, yeah, they're all full kegs. And I was like, Jesus fuck, man. How big is your cooler? <laughs> you fit eight full kegs in there? And he's like, yeah, they're full kegs. And I'm like, they're full kegs. He's like, yeah, full fucking kegs. And I was like... Dude, because we had a big bar. Our bar was what, 45 seats? My bar was? Uh, no, your bar was more than that, uh, if I'm thinking about it. Because your bar your bar was open air, square bar. Mine was a horseshoe. Um, it, it was between 45 and 55 seats. Yeah, I, I would say you could fit 60 on your bar. We, uh, but I was like, holy fuck, man. Full keg, eight full kegs? I was like, we only get half kegs at, at my bar. I was like, you must be moving some fucking product if you're getting full kegs. Which in. we were not. <laughs> That's a I lot know, of beer. Because I was doing the ordering. It's a 
lot of beer. Yeah, and for those of you that aren't in the industry and don't know, uh, when we say a keg, a keg is what you see at Oktoberfest. Yeah. That that's wooden and they tap it, and the very busty young servers will then bring you giant steins of beer. That's a keg. The Germans. <clears throat> we got it. We're we're coming up on time. So we're gonna cut this one. And uh what has been Affleck saying Goodwill hunting? Our business here, fourth, has been concluded. No, see, that's not what I think when I think Ben Affleck and Goodwill Hunting. I think, you want your fucking cheeseburger? You want a fucking cheeseburger? Oh, yeah. Here, I'll put it on layaway for you. Thought I had a double burger. Fuck you, I know what you ordered. Here's what we're going to do with your burger. How much money you got on you now? I don't know. Fuck you, just give me my burger. What do you got, 62 cents? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take your 62 cents and we're going to take your burger here. We're going to put it on a layaway program. Remember how your mother got that couch renaissance style? You're going to come in every week with your 62 cents. And at the end of the month, you're going to get your burger. Fuck you. Would you just give me my sandwich? <laughs> Here's your fucking double burger. <laughs> I love the part. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? It's fucking Mick Scott Cagley. Just kick shit out of me in kindergarten. <laughs> Fuck you, Morgan. You're going. Why are we going to fight him? We're going to fight him. We should have fought him then. We got snacks now. <laughs> Fuck you. You're going. But yeah, we're coming up on time. So we got to sign off. <clears throat> How do you like them apples? <laughs>